minus three. Live, is it? Uh, jeez, I'm really f***ing loud. Why am I so loud? Holy sh! That's f***ing loud. Now, am I better? I can barely hear myself. How about that? Okay, yeah, I'm back on the air. All right. Hey, 2PyR, you on the line? How you doing, Stink? Oh, I don't do it anymore. What's happening on that, uh, the Sony Walkman? Uh, you mean the Sony PlayStation there, Stink? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Walkman, PlayStation. It's been a bit of a rough couple of weeks, you might say. I'm sure you remember uh, that great crisis of uh, 1994 when the Genesis X-Band modem went down. Oh, that was the worst week of my life. Exactly. Well, now you know what the uh, Sony PlayStation fans have been living through since just before Easter, actually. April 20th was the day the network first went down. And here we are more than a month later, and service restoration has been slow going, and nobody's quite sure, including from the sound of it, Sony themselves, when everything's going to get back to normal. Hey, if you need it, I have my C64 Direct Connect modem by uh, Westridge Communications Incorporated. Just Was plug it the that right in bod there. Or the 2400 baud. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. No, none of those. Let's see. It's got the DME ringer. Ooh. Yeah. So maybe you can plug that in. Although the good news for PlayStation fans is that as this is being recorded, the ability to play network games online has finally been restored. I didn't hear about this. Back around April 20th, the network just suddenly went down. Anybody that tried to log in got a cryptic message that they were uh, having errors signing in. Maybe they saw one that the network was down for maintenance. Six days later, it came out that Sony had been uh, under the attack from hackers and had taken the network offline to make sure that nobody's information was compromised, except they might have taken it offline a little too late because it turns out everybody's information got compromised. Boy, I'll tell you, with these allergies and stuff, I had a hacker this morning. Uh-oh. So, where are we now? About two weeks ago, May 14th, uh, Sony finally uh, turned back on the ability to play network games online, the ability to send uh, PlayStation mails and to have chats with uh, your, your various members of your buddy list. And they actually did it in a pretty classy way. You know, up until that point, Sony had been taking a lot of beatings in the press, well-deserved if you ask me, for playing uh, very close to the chest with information. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew how long it was going to last. On the 14th, they actually put a post up on the PlayStation blog that had a map of the country. And as they turned servers on in various parts of the country, it was updated about every 15 minutes, and they would illuminate various states as the servers in your state came back online. There was also a firmware patch that had to be installed that supposedly was going to make everything more secure, and you were required to change your password. Now, everybody might think that this is a little bit of an extreme step for Sony to be taking, but let's stop and, and think about what exactly got compromised. The hackers made off with all of the address information for everybody that had their username, password, address information stored in their PlayStation account so that it would automatically log them in when they got online, which is pretty much everybody from the sound of it. Sony insists that credit card information was not compromised. Apparently that was kept in a separate table that was encrypted. Somebody attempted to access it, but it looks like they were not able to copy all of it. And as anybody knows, with, with an encrypted file, if you don't have all of it, you basically have none of it. 
the problem is, as with everything else, we've got absolutely no idea what Sony was using to keep that safe. Now that everybody's back online and the immediate crisis has passed, Sony has been uh, making a couple of announcements. The first is that although they won't give a specific timeline, quote-unquote full network functionality will be restored by the end of May. So that includes things like the PlayStation Store, the Curiosity uh, music service, the ability to uh, uh, rent uh, movies and, or buy TV shows through your PlayStation, all that sort of thing. That will all be turned on by the 31st. The second thing they announced is that they have taken out an uh, incredibly expensive insurance policy against any of their users that suffer financial repercussions from identity theft as part of all of this. And the third is the uh, Welcome Back program, in which anybody who was a member of the PlayStation Network, even for a day before the great outage, can download all kinds of free stuff when the store comes back. That's cool. Hey, and I know, you know, they pushed out this patch. You go on the website, and you change your password, and everyone is safe and secure and unhackable. Well, everyone is safe and secure, except, of course, for the fact that there was actually an exploit associated with the update itself. Huh? Yeah. Uh, the day after Sony rolled everything out, all of a sudden, quietly, everything got turned back off again. And there was a whole bunch of comments to Sony's uh, big announcement that the, the network had been restored, saying, then why can't I get on to it? It turned out after the fact that this was because the password reset that had been required as part of the firmware update, some clever person out there figured out how to exploit that, and so some people might actually have had their now freshly changed passwords compromised. But again, Sony isn't really saying what's at risk here. Holy moly! Some clever hacker somewhere found some Sony web server somewhere in Thailand. It wasn't part of the PlayStation Network. The fact that it was hacked and used to, to fire off spams doesn't put anybody at risk. It was just sort of a slap in the face for Sony, you know, really serving as a wake-up call, I think, that nobody's network is secure. Now i got to unplug my Walkman. Absolutely. Sony announced on May 23rd that this little incident was going to cost approximately $171 million against their projected earnings for the month of May. And that doesn't even take into account the fact that there are regulatory commissions that are interested in all of this. There are class action lawsuits that have been filed against the company on behalf of users. All of these things have associated costs with them that Sony is not going to be able to put against this fiscal year and that Sony is not even really going to be able to project. So they're saying we're out $171 million and we may be out more, but we don't know. But we'll let you know when we know, unless we don't. Well, $171 million, that's a drop in the bucket. All they got to do is release the Move 2. That'll get them another couple hundred bucks, <laughs> I think. Certainly for a, a company the size of Sony, you know, $171 million isn't chump change, but, you know, it's not going to drive them into bankruptcy or anything like that. I think the, the, the larger point here is Sony forgot the first step of designing a network service, which very simply is, if you are designing a network service, you have to design it with the expectation that you're going to be hacked. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be hacked. What it does mean is if you don't take it seriously, the threat that you will be hacked, that you will be completely taken off the network, that you will have to pull your own plug. And if you don't have a plan in place for what happens when this terrible event occurs, then you wind up getting into the situation that Sony currently finds itself in, which was 
turning everything off, frantically trying to figure out what happened, tra- frantically trying to figure out what to do about it, keeping everybody in the dark, and taking a black eye in the press. Yeah, I know. Wiggly was cursing up and down and typing to that guy from Sony, the president, and uh, he had to change his password from 123 to 1234. I don't think you were supposed to say that on the air, Stink. Uh-oh. Well, he also got a shirt in the mail. I guess was supposed to make up for it. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's the one thing we will give Sony some credit for. They have announced the details of the plan, some of them anyway. There are going to be five games for the PS3. Uh, users can choose to download any two of them. And two of them aren't even just little downloadable games. The two in question are Little Big Planet, the original, and Infamous, the original, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense because these are both uh, games that were available for download in the store previously. So, you know, no additional work has to be done to, to make them available. But, you know, these are not just little, you know, 200 megabyte downloads. These are full commercial retail games. And uh, as unlikely as it is that anybody who is a serious Sony fan hasn't played them already, you know, they're there for free if you want them. Yeah, but the shirt is an extra large, and all you could do is wear it as pajamas. Oh. In addition, in addition to all of this, uh, there also there's a selection of four uh, PSP games. Users can download two of them, and uh, additional undisclosed content for home and undisclosed video rentals will be made available uh, the first weekend the PlayStation Network is back. So, all things considered, it's a fairly generous offering from Sony. If you know, we can just sort of quietly ignore the fact that the that two of the five games that they're offering are the prequels two games that have major sequels either available now or going to be available very shortly. So it's probably an attempt to drive sales of these sequels. But, you know, Sony's got to make a little bit of money here. They just lost $171 million. Hey, that sounds pretty fair. But then again, the other day, I took my five-gallon water bottle back to the Home Depot because I don't want to get water from there anymore. And they said, oh, we're not going to give you a refund on your $8 good faith deposit because if you read the sign when you bring back the bottles it says this isn't a deposit it's a trade well clearly home depot could take a couple of lessons from sony and how to deal with the public well they did because i complained so much they gave me ten dollars that's a two dollar profit so i don't know how these free games are going to stack up to my two bucks i'm sure that some playstation users somewhere may find that it's worthwhile well, that's all fine and dandy, I guess. So what do you do with the PlayStation? Make phone calls? Uh, no, the, the PlayStation is probably the most advanced console on the market today, and it plays video games and a whole lot of other things, but mostly it plays video games. One of the video games it oh. plays that actually just came out a couple of days ago is a truly unique little title called L.A. Noir. Anybody that buys this on the pedigree of its developer, which is Rockstar, famous for the GTA games, will probably be a little confused. You actually have to play by the rules. You play a cop in 1940s Hollywood. Uh, It's just after World War II. You are a veteran of the war and decided that you wanted to keep on serving your country. And the best way to do that was by becoming the only honest cop on the police force. You drive around L.A. uh, And I I just want to make a quick aside here. As a... uh, resident of that great city the people in australia from team bondi who developed this game did an absolutely amazing job of creating 1947 la they have supposedly uh, covered an area that's a roughly equivalent to 80 square miles 
And as somebody who drives these streets every day, the streets are exactly where they're supposed to be, and the buildings are exactly where they're supposed to be. Obviously, there were a few less buildings in 1947 than there are in 2011. But as I drive around on streets in this game, I look at buildings and I recognize them. And that's a truly amazing achievement. The other thing that's really unique about this game is that because you were a cop, rather than just running around with both guns blazing like in most other Rockstar games, you actually have to uh, interview uh, various suspects in various cases. To accomplish this, the team that created the game set up this incredible system whereby they would surround each actor with 32 different cameras, all recording at the same time, just to make sure that they could get absolutely every nuance, every gesture, every sharp breath, every roll of the eyes, every nervous glance down to the side, and recreate them exactly in the video game. The result is this really odd sort of combination of people that move with the stiffness of video game robots, but as soon as you sit them down in a chair and start talking to them, you aren't looking at an animation, you're looking at a performance. And it's truly unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um, as a result of all of this, the game tends to be uh, fairly heavy in terms of dialogue, tends to be fairly heavy in terms of uh, puzzle and problem solving. It's going to appeal basically to the same crowd that really enjoyed Heavy Rain, and it has hits a, a lot of the same emotional notes. But it's not a perfect game by any stretch. There are moments where you have to think like a detective, and there are moments where you have to think like a gamer. And the differences between them are pretty glaring. But I think it's a really interesting first step, and I'm really interested to see what Team Bondi can do now that they've developed this technology. And the next time they spend six years on a game, they can spend the six years on the game instead of on the system you need to play it. Uh, uh-huh. Hey, uh, this guy wouldn't be driving a 1947 Buick around, would he? As a matter of fact, he would. Why? I'm calling my lawyer! This is... They stole my life story! No! I thought this would sound familiar. Wait, I don't have a lawyer. I'll have him call my rabbi. Well, that's about all that's going on in the land of PlayStation 3 these days. But now that we can all play games online, I, I look forward to meeting some of the uh, We Talk Games group in Mortal Kombat so they can uh, totally uh, kick my butt. I heard of this. I, I walked out on it. Walked out on Mortal Kombat? Yeah. I thought it stunk. Didn't it have Jean-Claude Van Damme in it? Doesn't have Van Damme. Uh, doesn't have Steven Seagal. Doesn't have Rowdy... Well, I guess uh, nobody's got Rowdy Roddy Piper since they live. But uh, what it does have is a return to form for the Mortal Kombat franchise. A lot of people thought that the new games got a little carried away with the 3D, got a little carried away with the adventure games, got a little carried away with the alternate modes like the chess game or the puzzle fighter game or the big head racing game. This is, not unlike what Street Fighter 4 did, a return to the 2D mechanics that made the game great, uh, with uh, some 3D graphics to make it look a little better. And I think of all the fighting games that I've looked at recently, probably the easiest to master combo system. So even if you're not somebody that wants to spend $120 on a fighting stick and thousands of hours of your life uh, repeating and memorizing and doing to perfection a series of moves that will give you tendonitis, this is still a good one that you can use to just kind of sit there on the couch and uh, beat up your buddies with. Thanks for telling us about that uh, Sony Walkman. Hey, Will, if you want to be seen, stand up. If you want to be heard, speak up. And if you want to be appreciated, shut up. 2PyR signing off, ladies and gents. Bye!